Hey, everybody. Welcome. You're listening to the Lead, Build, Live podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lead, Build, Live podcast, the podcast where every week we have practical conversations to help you lead well, build healthy teams and organizations, and live a life that matters. I'm Larry. I'm here with my partner in crime, Rob. Rob, how is it going? So well, Larry. Excited for this conversation. Dang, man. You got uber energy. That sounds like a man (laughs) who's excited. I might have had more coffee than is ideal. A little bit of caffeine yeah. coursing through the veins. Yeah. Well, we needed some caffeine. We needed some juice because today we're going to talk about every leader's favorite topic, and that's the topic of pain. pain. Oh, nobody. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, we've all experienced pain. And leaders are really good at staying busy and stuffing down pain and not dealing with pain. And then pain ultimately catches up with them. I had a few months ago, I had my very first root canal. Congratulate me. Oh, wow. Congratulations. It was. Yes. That's pain. Well, the thing is, like, I was busy and my tooth was hurting. And I'm like, "Ah, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And then all of a sudden, it was like five five alarm red flag day. You'll deal with it now. I'm dealing with it now. The pain has become so severe, I'm dealing with it. Isn't that what what us leaders do? We do. With pain. That's exactly what we do. You, you just did it. Thank you. Case study. Yes. Larry's case study. face. I, I actually, I planned that whole thing. I, I endured <laughs> that just so I'd have a, a leadership. From a young story. age, you were developing cavity. Yeah, that's right. With the goal of. Just so I could. <laughs> getting to this point. Yeah. Today, okay. we're going to talk about leaders dealing with pain. And listen, the way you deal with pain will affect every relationship in your life. It will affect your productivity as a leader. It'll affect every part of of your life. And it's something that most leaders don't do a very good job with. Um, we're going to talk today with our special guest, Dr. Charity Byers. Charity works with an organization called Blessing Ranch Ministries. She is a licensed psychologist. She's brilliant and she really loves leaders. And she really she wants does. leaders to have an abundant, full, healthy life. And in this episode, we're so excited because we had a conversation with her that she unpacked how leaders stare at pain and why they should stare at pain. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to share this with our tribe. Oh, it's so great. Oh, I, I loved that sort of perspective on pain. Why did it happen? And why are people acting certain ways? And just, you know, how it comes together in her framework and the way she thinks is just beautiful and, and so meaningful for leaders. Mm, so good. So without further ado, let's jump right into our conversation with Dr. Charity Byers. All right. I want to welcome uh, my friend, Dr. Charity Byers. Charity, you're one of my favorite people. You're wicked smart. You're also a PhD psychologist and you work with with leaders from all different spheres of influence. And so I'd love for you just to give uh, give us a little bit of background and then I wanna drill straight into the psychology of how we deal with, with pain. But first, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, you know, I work with an organization called Blessing Ranch Ministries. And we just come alongside leaders, as you've said, to help uh, them do three things. We want them to live well, lead well, and finish well. And that's really built on kind of the ideas of Hebrews 12.1, which tells us to uh, run the race with perseverance Mm. that's been put before us. And so it takes a lot of work to be able to run with perseverance. And so dealing with pain is one of those very things that we do a lot. 
Um, so Blessing Ranch uh, brings together the two worlds of psychology and theology and uh, tries to help find our way through the difficulties of life, uh, find our next steps up, uh, just help us on our way uh, by bringing those two worlds together. So I've been doing that as a psychologist for about eight years and absolutely love what I get to do because I get to work with the best of the best. You know, the people who are out there uh, on the front lines in leadership and just watch them uh, go from a place of sometimes surviving in life to a place of thriving. And that's really cool to watch. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And I, I have a, just to show my hand, I, I, I had the privilege of being a part of the Blessing Ranch team for a, a little while when I was living down in Florida, right by the ocean, which I'm super jealous of right now, but not the humidity. And a lot of different people coming through Blessing Ranch and it's a, it's a one week intensive model. So it's many therapy sessions throughout the week. Very, very transformative. Yeah. And I think transformation really is the heartbeat of, of Blessing Absolutely. Ranch. Charity, what are some of the types of pain that you see leaders dealing with when they yeah. come to you? And why should we talk about pain as leaders? Uh, both great questions. You know, pain comes in all shapes and sizes. It can look like everything from the pain of just being overwhelmed as a leader, uh, having so much that you're trying to manage and having that pressure on your shoulders all the time. It can come from things of our past that are kind of creeping up on us and getting in our way of leadership. Mm. It can come um, in the form of something that's happened in the midst of your leadership, like some kind of betrayal or a big disappointment or a failure. So I think there are you know so many ways that pain can look. But the one thing that I know about pain is that it can paralyze you if it's not dealt with. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I think pain has many faces, but they all need to be dealt with. And in leadership, you know, pain is just kind of synonymous with that role sometimes. Uh, because I think for one thing, uh, when you're a leader, you tend to be so invested in what you're doing. Yeah. And when you're so invested and something goes wrong, something gets hard or something hurts, you know, that pain that you feel just is incredibly deep. And when you're working in leadership, particularly in a ministry context, the people you're working alongside tend to become more like family than coworkers. Right. And uh, when something happens in a relationship like that, or there's a disappointment somehow in those relationships, that pain runs deep too. So anyway, there's just um, so many reasons why pain happens. And it's one of those things that we must attend to in order to continue running that race with perseverance, right? Yeah. And I think, I think, one thing that I know about Blessing Ranch is a lot of the leaders that come are in some kind of crisis. The The pain has boiled over and they need help picking up the pieces and putting it back mm -hmm. together. And I think we're hardwired for those of us who are the achiever types. Pain is sort of like, well, I'll just kind of deal with it as I go. I mean, I, here, an example for me, I have one day I was sitting on my bed watching Netflix with my wife and all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm doing nothing. I'm just watching TV. It felt like someone hit me on the heel with a, a hammer. Excruciating pain. Well, this is like four months ago, and I'm still dealing with it. I still haven't gone to the doctor to get my heel looked at. And the other day I had Come to... On, Larry. I know, it's crazy. But I tried to run the other day, and I'm limping and hobbling, hobbling along. I can walk, but it's so sore, and I need to go to the doctor and do it. But I'm busy. I'm a leader. I got all this stuff going on. I'm like, well, I'll go to, the, yeah. I'll go to it later. And I think that leaders work that way a lot with whatever kind yeah. of pain it is. They just kind of, they, yeah. they hold it or they stuff it or. I, I'd ask it as a question. Do leaders develop a higher level of pain tolerance than, than <laughs> other people? I mean, what, what do you see? 
Well, you know, I think in some sense that can be true where after a while you know how to deal with pain because you've been through it. Mm -hmm. That's the healthy side of things when you've actually developed the capacity to move through pain. Mm -hmm. But I think you're going to see a lot of leaders out there who are under this false perception that they're tough enough to get through it. But actually what they're doing is just leaking out their pain. You know, it's somewhere stuffed down inside of them. They're not dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And they think they're doing just fine, but it's actually coming out in ways that they, they haven't even recognized recognized. So uh, those are the the more unhealthy leaders who are just fooled by their own perceived capacity to, to manage pain. All right. So if I start crying during this session, you guys point and laugh at me because I'm good at dealing with pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will no, just say Rob's I, already I, geared up for this to be therapy because you just yeah. words, use the word session instead session. of podcast. So just to be yeah. really clear. <laughs> This is this a podcast is, episode. Rob, Rob's getting a two for one deal right yeah. now. You know, if you hear strange muted parts of this podcast, it's when I started asking personal questions. <laughs> He's like, "Give us just a moment while I'm going to need to with... work through this." Yes, Charity. What happens when we don't deal with pain well? What are some of the? What does it look like when it's unhealthy? Well, I think, you know, one thing that happens here, like I was kind of just alluding to, is that pain starts leaking, mm. you know, and that's the idea that um, it's going to find small ways to come out of you. You know, it may not be some massive crisis where the world is just falling apart around you, but it might look like a little extra irritability or a little bit of resentment that's getting in the way of your relationships or feeling a little more discouraged and a a bit more paralyzed in the leadership you're trying to do. And so I think that's one thing that happens quite frequently. And if you don't manage that leak, you know, it's going to end up becoming more of an explosion or an implosion at the end. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a, a leak at your faucet in your kitchen, right? And you don't notice it's leaking, you know, it's just dripping out slowly over time. It's not a big deal for a while, but then after a while, it's starting to creep into the flooring and, you know, doing some nice damage that's really hard to undo. So the implications can be big, even if it's a slow leak. And sometimes you don't Um, see it until it's, it's like ruined your kitchen floor, you know? Absolutely. And then you got a big old mess to try to clean up and undoing that pain and the impacts of pain become far more difficult when you haven't managed that leak. Right. Mm. Okay. Okay. So. So session mode here. So for me, <laughs> that pain leaking, look, this is what it looks like for me. I don't treat my wife and my kids as well as I want to. I'm short with them. It's mm. not like some really drastic bad thing, but it's mm. just I go from being a natural optimist to uh, to being a little bit judgmental. I go from being a person that normally really likes to be around my friends and likes to maintain good friendships to preferring to be alone all of a sudden. Yeah. And all these things are just off by a couple degrees and it, it just yeah. starts to add up. So that that's how it yeah. manifests in me for sure. Mm. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the other things that um, can happen is that it's going to bring out the worst of you rather than the best of you in leadership too. Mm. And mm. so, um, you know, you're going to start acting out of your pain, even if you don't know it's there. So all of a sudden, kind of like you were saying, Rob, like, man, I used to be kind of an optimistic person, be able to see the hope in things, be able to see the best. And all of a sudden now I'm seeing the worst. And so it's going to going to impact your leadership in those very same ways and end up taking out the best qualities you have had as a leader and replacing them with ones you don't recognize. And sometimes Mm. you just don't like. Wow. Wow. That's, (laughs) that's scary. 
Yeah. And <laughs> now I'm scared. And the thing is, like, you know, when you do reviews, we do in our organization, we we talk regularly about performance and stuff. But then once a year, we do a 360 degree review. And sometimes there are things on there that sting a little bit, but it's good because it's a mirror to go. I didn't even realize that was leaking out or these things were happening. So, Charity, you know, we're committed to being practical and giving leaders practical things to walk away with. And so we're talking about a heavy subject. Pain is, well, nobody really likes pain or most of us don't. What do we do to deal with pain? How do we deal with pain as a leader? You have you have four or five sort of tactics that we can employ in our lives to walk through pain and, and become healthy. Why don't you unpack the first one? I think the first thing is it's actually pretty simple, but really important. And that is for you to heal instead of hide. So, you know, as Larry, I think you were kind of alluding to earlier, leaders are the best at trying to hide from their pain because they're busy. They got a lot going on and it's just easier to pretend it's not that big a deal and try to keep moving on. I think in addition to that, sometimes leaders do do carry sort of this false identity that stuff doesn't get to me, Mm. Uh, that actually we're all human, right? So the first very simple and important thing is that we've got to heal instead of hide. So that means we've got to face our pain. We've got to slow down long enough to actually acknowledge and deal with what's happening inside of us. So, you know, for example, if there's been some kind of uh, betrayal in a relationship, you know, you got a coworker that you've been really close with and all of a sudden you feel thrown under the bus by them, you know, instead of just trying to ignore that and uh, moving on, you've actually got to acknowledge that I feel really betrayed. I need to name that. Mm. I need to then understand that impacts on me and I need to clean up the mess. Hmm. So, yeah. I think that there's a different thing that happens with leaders. I, actually, I'm asking this as a question. I think that for me, I get into this mode where it's my job, where the buck stops here, and it's my job to make decisions, to carry things forward. And so I get in a mode of encouraging other people through their pain and coaching them and saying, okay, yeah. I know I know this went wrong, but we can do this. Or mm-hmm. I, I know we're struggling here, but let's do this. And I get so deep into that mode that, pain, personal pain becomes just like that to me, where I just go, okay, yep, acknowledged, I'm feeling pain, but I got to put that over here because I got to do this. And mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a weird thing about um, redirecting or, or being in that mode of coaching such that you even do it to yourself. You even coach yourself around the pain and, and you think that you're helping by keeping yourself focused on the tasks rather than letting yourself go into that, into that pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sure a lot of leaders can resonate with that, Rob. Hmm. Charity, what about, I think that that men in particular, I think it's shifting a little bit, but men can sometimes be so stoic and I'm just going to not talk about my pain or convince themselves that they don't have pain. And you've already said that it sort of, it comes out and leaks out this sort of thing. But I think even genera- generationally, like our grandparents' generation, yeah. like you didn't, they didn't talk about pain, you know, no. you just yeah. worked and did your thing, you know? And um, so I think the tendency, it's so easy to hide instead of heal. Is there, what would you say to someone who's sort of, that's their pattern It's just to stuff it down mm-hmm. and just to keep on trucking because maybe their family of origin, they didn't talk mm-hmm. about pain. They didn't deal with pain. How do you heal instead of hide? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, if I were sitting across from somebody who had that tendency, I think the first thing we want to do is understand where did you learn to do that? 
Mm, you know, what taught so you in life uh, to, to stuff your pain, to hide, to ignore? And you're going to find all kinds of myths that people have believed about it. Like everything from this idea that, you know, leaders are just supposed to uh, put it aside so they can keep leading to, you know, my family of origin said that it's, uh, it's stupid or it's weak to pay attention to feelings. And so if you can identify some of those things in your own story, then you can examine them and say, okay, hmm. that might've made sense from what life has taught me, but what does God have to say about that? And right. try to look at it through his perspective. And when you do, you, you really do see that this is something that's necessary for us to uh, get beyond. So, you know, I think that's probably the first thing that needs to happen is to understand where did you learn how to do that? Wow. That's powerful. I mean, that takes, that <laughs> takes the courage. Thinking, yeah. yeah. That takes the courage to, to be willing to look into that and to see, I, I love in Pete Scazzaro's book, emotionally healthy spirituality. He has a whole chapter called going back in order to go forward. And mm -hmm. it's all about, I better look and look at the root of these things. And I, I think that takes discipline and it takes courage, but I think that leaders are uniquely poised to have discipline and courage and to do that. So, okay. So yeah. first thing is heal instead of hide. What, what's another thing that we can do to sort of face pain and to move through it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the things just in my own life that has been so valuable to give me resiliency in the face of pain is to find purpose in the pain. Mm. Man, uh, that sounds like kind of a, a silly thing to do sometimes. Like how in the world could pain have purpose? Pain is awful, right? Totally. Who, who would sign up for pain or want pain? But God actually has so much purpose in the pain that we go through, especially as leaders. Um, I don't know if anybody out there has read the book Leadership Pain by Sam Chan. It's a great book. Mm. And there's a fantastic quote in that book that says, don't run from your pain. Don't deny it exists. It's the most effective leadership development tool the world has ever known. You'll only grow to the threshold of your pain, so raise it. Mm. And I think that, you know, the idea here is that there is purpose within that pain. There is leadership development, he's saying, that's in that pain. And, you know, James uh, 1, 2 through 4 also kind of speaks into this. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm. So I think it's our job in the midst of pain to step back and see what is happening in the midst of this pain. What is God developing in me through this pain? And when we do when we see the purpose in it, then we can cooperate with that process of development and learning mm. rather than fight it. And, you know, the end result of that is that we've become a better leader. We've grown. We have developed a greater capacity for emotional or spiritual maturity and all of that. And so I think our best response to pain is to kind of turn our palms up and say, what are you trying to do in me, Lord? Mm. Man, that's really powerful. I mean, I, th I think about the seasons in my life of most growth were seasons that were very painful. I mean, it's it's kind of no pain, no gain, right? Yeah. That really seems to be true with working out. You have to there's yep. you have to experience some pain in order to grow. But you know, I, I think my counsel to so many people over the years is to let this pain do its work in you. But Absolutely. I only that's only because I've had to experience a bunch of right. pain and go, well, it did its work in me. So now I can actually say it from a position of having been through a lot of pain and just going, Absolutely. don't run from it. Let it do its work in you. Because if you don't it's going to make you sick. It makes you unhealthy. 
but I love how you said the, the, the idea of like cooperating with the process instead of fighting it. I think as leaders, we want to push mm-hmm. it away, stuff it down, try to get rid of it. I don't want to deal with this right now, that sort of thing. And I love how you, you sort of cooperate with the process is, is beautiful because you see it as development instead of discipline or this terrible right. calamity. It's, it's an opportunity to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely echo what you were saying, Larry, that you know, I can look back on those times in my life too and, and now see what God was doing in me in the midst of those things. So, you know, developing trust has been a big one in my life. You know, when things have not made sense and, you know, we've been expecting an outcome and it hasn't come uh, or things, I mean, this has been the life uh, of of Blessing Ranch for a couple of years is, God, where are you taking us and what are you doing? and How are you mm. doing that? And in the middle of that, there's been a lot of learning around this concept of dependency and trust. And so, you know, I just love that, that you can look back and see what this has all been about. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, there's purpose in, in every instance of pain. The scripture that you read, it's, I haven't thought about it this way before, but having you, you say that out loud, I realized it's so easy to agree with the first and last part of that scripture. I definitely want to count all joy, and I definitely want to be mature and lacking in nothing. And what's in between is the engine. I don't want to do that. It's, it's the engine. I don't want to do that. But yeah. it, it's the engine. It's the mechanism to get from A to B, right? right. To get to a place where you yeah. count all joy and where you're mature and where you are complete in, in your personality lacking nothing. My son's cross-country coach that here in, in Colorado, they have a state championship winning team and they win all the time. And my son is kind of on a JV program, and he, but he loves running. And his coach always says, pain is just weakness leaving the body. <laughs> and wow. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I'm, I'm still processing <laughs> whether or not I agree with that in the light of this conversation. But I think it's really interesting because it feels like he's condensing all the steps and saying, when you go through pain, you can mature, and when you mature, you can be stronger. Yeah, and you're you're going to be less weak, you know, if you do it right. And so, uh, I don't know, but I thought that was funny. That sounds like yeah. something the sensei and the karate kid would <laughs> yeah, say. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right before doing the the, the whole crane <laughs> kick thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Rob. Having a hard conversation about behavior, performance, or alignment is something that most of us leaders fear, and because we fear it we put it off, especially the difficult conversations. Lead, Build, Live has put together a course called Aligning Conversations that includes seven great coaching videos, reusable worksheets, and a guide that will give you the confidence you need to get that hard conversation on your calendar and do a great job with it. Check it out at leadbuildlive.com slash align. Okay, so you talked about uh, for leaders facing pain, heal instead of hide, find the purpose in the pain, What's number three? Well, I think the next important piece here is for you to really look inward. And so in order to find your way through pain, you've got to look inward because you've got to understand what's happening inside of you in the midst of that experience. What is this? Why am I feeling so hurt? Mm. And you've got to be able to put some language to that to understand what needs to be healed. And so you might know the events, right? Well, Somebody threw me under the bus or uh, I failed at this initiative we were trying to accomplish. But what is that doing to you? And I think one of the important things that you need to be watching out for, what we call at Blessing Ranch, are sore spots. Mm. Sore spots are this idea that 
there's been some kind of bruise left in your heart from things of your past and it hasn't fully healed. Mm. And so there can be more things that happen in life that kind of touch that place of pain. And when they do, it's still really sore and tender. And so, you know, you've got to be asking yourself in the midst of these moments of pain, um, you know, has a sore spot been hit in me? What is this? You know, Mm. it can be anything like, you know, I've got this place of, of rejection in my heart and in my story, in my life, you know, that's been been created for lots of reasons. Maybe it's because, you know, uh, you know, my dad just wasn't around very much when I was a kid and I felt really rejected there or things aren't going so well in my marriage and I'm getting the cold shoulder a lot and I'm feeling really rejected there or other, you know, pieces of rejection that have taken place. And therefore, when something new happens in life, Again, like, um, you know, somebody turns on you that you've been working side by side with and mm. doesn't have your back. That same place of rejection can get hit again. Yeah. And so rejection is just one example. So our spots can look like lots of things. It might be shame. It might be fear. Um, it might be insecurity. So ask yourself this question. Is there some kind of sore spot, you know, inside of me that's been hit? And if you can recognize that, then it gives you an opportunity, number one, an opportunity to actually go back and do some healing that's been needed from the past and take care of that old sore spot that's been there. And then secondly, I think it gives you an opportunity in the present to kind of put the the pain of the moment in its place. So what sore spots will do is they'll kind of amplify what you experience in the present. They'll Mm -hmm. make it feel like a much bigger deal. They'll make, you know, just the pain skyrocket. And so if you can recognize that, oh, I see what's happening. Mm -hmm. This is hitting upon that old place of pain in me. Then you can sort of put pain of the present in its place. And it actually helps you move through it so much better. Yeah. And one thing I love about the model you guys use, you've developed a very innovative model to help people grow and to, to heal quickly. And you talk a lot about that sore spot and how it's, it's like this nasty cycle, right? The sore spot develops because of woundedness, but it also begins to shift how you think. And because you think it, it, it affects how you uh, act. And then the response you get from other people reinforces this, this unhealthy thinking that came from the unhealthy sore spot, which is so important to be able to drill past all of this stuff and to look down and figure out what is the source spot? What is the thing that's driving all of this behavior Absolutely. or the calamity I find myself in? Absolutely. And I think that really just does highlight the power of pain, right? When something is going on inside of us like this, we're starting to feel feelings of rejection or shame or insecurity. Like you were saying, Larry, it then fuels this entire process within us where our thoughts are now driven by that and our actions are now driven by Mm. that and the results and outcomes of our life now are a reflection of that. And so, you know, the, the, the power in recognizing these things is really great. Mm. Our pain is actually a teacher too. So if you put your hand on a stove and it burns you, then you learn, it does change the way that you think and the way that you behave around heat and around fire. And that lesson from pain is a good one. So how do you distinguish between pain teaching you a good, healthy lesson and and pain tricking you into thinking that all future situations will be the same when they won't? Yeah, or pain becoming your master. Exactly. Absolutely. Which also sounds like a quote from the Karate Kid. <laughs> pain will become your master. Pain will become... 
Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you're so right that pain is a teacher and it can very much be a false teacher sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of asking the question of how do we how do we know the difference of what's the voice of pain within us and what's not? And so I think this is where the role of, of God just comes into play because you've got to compare the voice of pain to the voice of God. And when they don't match or when the two voices don't match, you know, obviously, this is the voice of pain. Mm-hmm. And we can't listen to that. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of lessons that pain will teach you. And and something that's really helpful and very practical is actually to know what some of those tend to sound like. And if you can recognize those those themes inside of you, it helps you know, okay, that's pain talking. So what does pain teach you? I mean, it'll teach you things like, you know, don't trust anybody. You know, that, that's what pain will say. Because mm. pain is always trying to keep you safe from more pain. Right. So don't trust anybody. That's a protective measure. Uh, it'll also say things like, you know, don't let your guard down. Don't be vulnerable. It's not safe there, right? That's what pain will say. And so if you can know some of these things that pain will try to teach you and you notice those come up, it helps clue you in. Ah, that's just pain talking. And again, you can always be measuring that against the voice of God. What are the lessons that God teaches us about living? Mm. So instead of God saying, you know, don't trust anybody ever, God says, you know, you can always trust the trustworthy or, you know, maybe things like, you know, where pain says, don't be vulnerable. You know, God might say to us something like, you can keep your eyes open and be wise, but keep being vulnerable with people because that's mm. where I give you true connection. Yeah. Yeah. I've come, I've kind of come to believe over the last few years, and you may undo this with your brilliant psychology brain, <laughs> but uh, my feeble little brain thinks this. It feels to me like to the extent that you're willing to experience the pain, the depth of pain is the extent that you will experience the fullness of joy. Meaning, I think a lot of people, they they do so much work to avoid pain that it actually affects their ability to have the highs in life too. And so they, they create this very narrow existence that's like the safe little lane for them to stay in. But yeah. it certainly doesn't give them... Um, uh, the all fullness of of what life has to offer because they're not yeah. partnering with pain they're they're trying to run from it or as you said they're they're hiding uh, those sorts of things do you think that's true yeah. yeah i do i do think that's true um you know i love how you described it as it's kind of the safe zone where you know we don't feel a lot of highs we don't feel a lot of lows and i can just be okay mm-hmm. in, in that zone but when you can truly embrace pain and experience that, it gives you appreciation absolutely for the joys of life, for the highs of life. So I, I think God created us to be emotional beings where uh, we can experience to the fullness uh, our human experience. And yeah. that does include both pain and joy. Right. All right. So you said we can heal instead of hide. We should find the purpose in pain. We should look inward. We have We have two more. What's the next one? I think the next one is for you to be able to see the brokenness in the people who have hurt you. Mm. You know, our immediate response when someone hurts us is usually, I'm mad, right? (laughs) So um, I think we have to get beyond that immediate reaction. We have to do something very purposeful with our pain. And that is to try to look beyond the person's hurtful behavior and try to find out what was going on inside of this person that would have led them to do what they did to me. 
And, you know, it, it's, I think it's true that there's a lot of people who do some really hurtful and maybe sometimes pretty stupid things. Um, but I also have a belief that there's at least an ounce of goodness in most of us out there. And that behind a lot of that broken behavior is pain of their own. Mm -hmm. um, some kind of brokenness in their story. Something that has taught them an imperfect lesson in life that is somehow uh, encouraging them down the wrong path. And that wrong path is now hurting you. Yeah. And so what this whole process does of trying to look into the story of the other person and see brokenness in them is that it gives you a way to find compassion for that person. So you mm. can actually trade your anger for compassion. And that is an extremely powerful tool in hearing your pain, healing your pain. And so you've got to just submit your anger to this process of understanding. Mm. Um, so I think that that's just a, a huge game changer for pain, especially when it's interpersonal here to be able to see the brokenness in them and therefore have compassion rather than anger. Yeah, I once heard a guy say, we can't all relate to one another's successes, but we can all relate to one another's pain. It's almost like the the common denominator. Pain is pain, regardless of what it looks like. Some people maybe go through a really rough childhood. Someone else loses a spouse, loses a child, gets fired, whatever. There's, there's commonality around what pain does in us. I do think it's really hard in the moment to have that compassion. It sounds like it's a discipline that must be practiced <laughs> and over time you like learn yeah. to do that. Cause I will say, you know, my first instinct is not like, Hmm, well, they must be a wounded person to be doing this to me. My first instinct is I want to beat them. You know, I want right. to lash out. I want to yell at them. I want to do something to make me feel better. Is there a, you know, in the moment, is there a, maybe a tip or a tactic you could share with us on how we can catch ourselves when we're starting to have that emotional response uh, of mm -hmm. anger, wanting to lash out, how could we how could we do that in the moment? What tool is there to help us to begin to see the the, the brokenness and have compassion? Mm -hmm. Well, I think maybe what I would say to that is that we just have to be careful to not always trust our feelings. Um, and so feelings are a great tool. Uh, God has given us feelings for a purpose. You know, they are real, they are valid, but sometimes they will mislead us. Mm. And so I think we need to be prepared that when something goes wrong in life, some kind of pain happens, we need to be very cautious with trusting our feelings to lead our behavior, lead our responses. And so if we can just have that awareness, I hope it will slow us down just a moment where we may have a strong reaction. We're hurt, we're angry, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's okay to feel that, but I hope that little warning bell will go off inside that says, okay, be careful with trusting that feeling right now and just sit with that for a moment till you can get to a place where you can evaluate that just a bit. And so, you know, that, that simple idea is just slowing yourself down for just a moment mm -hmm. to recognize that your feelings might be misleading you. Yeah. I like the idea of maybe even just counting to five. You know, <laughs> <works too. laughs> in your head, you know, before you respond. <laughs> I think, I, I think I, this is an area where I feel that I do actually do something productive. <laughs> Most of this I'm listening to it going, oh man, I got I got work to do. But I just ask, why did they just do that? Mm. In my that's head, in my head, that's what runs through my head is why did they just do that? Yeah. So if, so if they do something that seems out of character or something that seems like it was driven from their own pain or frustration, 
I've I've seen so many situations where whatever they just said to me to try to hurt me had it had nothing it had nothing to do with what was going on at work and everything to do with what was going on at home. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. even about me. Right. Um, or they're just feeling powerless. Or they or they need here's another one that was really interesting to me. I've seen employees say things that are hurtful in order to damage the relationship because they felt like they needed a change in their career. Huh. And we were we were really close. We were we were friends, mm. not just employee employer. So they damaged this relationship on purpose with what they said and what they did to give themselves emotional distance and then to make the change that they needed and yeah. to feel okay in it because they they felt like they the relationship wasn't good. And so uh, it took me a while to connect those dots in one of those situations that happened to me um, last fall actually. And but as I did, I started to have this grace started to come in where I realized man somebody that doesn't know how to how to have a hard conversation and is conflict avoidant they they damage the relationship or say something mm -hmm. hurtful to create space and then they make mm -hmm. that change rather than just sitting down talking through the facts about wanting to make a change or needing to make a change in their job right uh which would have been my style you know I, i'm i'm more of a direct person i wouldn't be afraid to say hey this is gonna hurt but this is what we got to do um so anyway, I, I, I've run into some really interesting ones with regards to this where people hurt you. And, and the first question I ask is, why did they just do that? Mm -hmm. It's such a good question. I mean, I think, you know, another skill, this is why I think meditation and contemplation can be so beneficial because it, it can teach you to slow down and to pause and to count and to ask to be to even have the space to ask that question. I mean, they're just, right. we all have triggers, right? So someone does something that hurts us or wounds us and we lean into that, we're triggered. And so we have this response. So I think it does take practice, but it can happen. And I'm not always perfect at this, but a lot of times I watch it and I'm I'm able to just kind of watch it unfold. And I, I have found myself asking that question more often, but boy, as a young leader, I did not. It was, <laughs> I'm gonna light a candle. Not just a young leader, <laughs> but a young parent. Yes. Or a young husband. Yes. I mean, leader, lead, us leaders happen to be human too. So we're these multifaceted creatures and relationships. And dang it, man, we we screw up the parenting and the and the you know the marriage, and yeah. then it affects our leadership or yeah. or vice versa. It's this whole unvirtuous cycle. All right, leaders can heal instead of hide. They can find the purpose in the pain. They can look inward. They can see the brokenness in those who hurt you. That, that's uh, we, we should rank and say, this is the one I think you need to work on. You tell me which of these you think I need to work on. We'll, we'll swap notes. We'll do the session after the we'll podcast. We'll do the session after the podcast. Um, the last one, I, I love what you're about to talk to us about, and I love that this is kind of the, the last thought. I want you to unpack this last one because I think this is the, the pivot point that can set so many leaders free from their pain. Would you unpack that, number five? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we talked just a little bit about this concept a few minutes ago, but we'll come back to it here. And, and this point now is that we can't give pain the power to teach us lessons that it shouldn't. Mm. And so, you know, pain is going to want to be that false teacher that shows you a way of living that it thinks will keep you safe from more pain. Yeah. And that's its entire motivation. And so it, it develops this voice inside of you that, you know, whispers all these things inside of you to do. Be this way, think this way, 
And it's all again motivated to try to keep you safe from bad things happening again. And so our job is to really discern that difference as we were talking about it a minute ago between that voice of pain and the voice of God to only learn the lessons that God wants us to learn out of those moments of pain and not the ones that pain wants to teach us. Mm. And so again, we have to really discern that difference. What does pain sound like? What does it want to teach us? Remember all the things we talked about in a minute ago, like, you know, it wants to teach you not to trust. It wants to teach you not to be vulnerable. It wants to teach you not to do that thing again that hurts you. But um, when we live a life according to God's wills and ways, uh, you know, that means that we got to take risks and we got to do things uh, that, Pain doesn't want us to do. And so we need to make sure we align ourselves with God's lessons for our life. Like I said before, you know, continue to trust the trustworthy. Mm -hmm. You get to keep your eyes open and you get to discern who is worthy of trust and who's not. But don't, don't, you know, now go to this place where you haven't have an incapacity for trust or uh, give up all your vulnerability, continue to take that risk and step out into a place where you can experience deep connection and collaboration on your team. So it's just a, a, an important piece here that we do not give pain that power to teach us lessons. It shouldn't. And if we don't do all the previous things we talked about, then it's real hard to follow through on this one. If we don't face the pain and heal instead of hiding, or, you know, if we don't look inward and understand our own sore spots and the things that are happening inside of us, it's pretty impossible to not absorb those lessons that we just don't want to learn. Wow. Charity buyers, uh, you are brilliant. And I I, I know you really well. And I love your heart for people and for leaders. I mean, you, your entire organization is devoted to helping leaders. Like you said, live well, lead well and finish well. And that's a rare thing. And I love that you do that. Our heart is with you in that. Thank you for your words. I think this has been really challenging for me. Uh, I can see that it's been challenging for Rob. Rob's in tears right now. No, not, not really, but you gave us a lot to think, to think about. So we want to give you, uh, the last word. Um, What's, you have an audience here of leaders. You've given them five practical tips. You've been really honest and candid and you've pushed us to grow. Is there anything else you'd like to leave, leave us with? I guess just a word of encouragement, if I could, which is that I know leadership is hard. Um, we've been talking about leadership pain for the last you know, several minutes here and just recognizing that it's really challenging to have the kind of perseverance that it takes to follow out, you know, God's call on your life and just want to encourage you in that, um, that though it may be hard, um, you know, engaging with your pain is the way to really find your way through it, to have resilience and perseverance and stay on mission. So just fight for your heart, um, you know, do what it takes to, uh, attend to yourself, care for yourself well, and keep good rhythms of soul care in place so that you can do just that. I love that. Super brilliant. So encouraging. I'm ready to do some some deep internal work. Um, Charity, tell us where people can find out more information about you and about the work that Blessing Ranch Ministries does. Well, you can certainly find us uh, on our website, which is blessingranch.org. 
And so we've got some information there about our intensive counseling that we do, as well as some other uh, programs that we're starting. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, to do some new things here in the next year or so. They're going to help bring what we do um, to leaders all over the place in a much more accessible way. So look forward to that and hope that means we can be connecting with leaders in all kinds of different ways. That's awesome. I also uh, know that you're working on a book that's going to come out someday, and I can't yeah. wait to read it. I, I think you're a great writer. You're a great psychologist. You're a great friend. Thank you for your investment into helping leaders um, get and stay healthy. It's so important, the work that you do. Thanks for your investment into our tribe and challenging us today. We really appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Awesome. Okay, Rob, we just got through talking with, with Charity Byers about leadership pain. I, I got to be honest, man, I, it really challenged me. I, I, I hate as a leader that I feel like I've done all this work, this deep work, and I've looked at my pain, I've stared at my stuff, and then I have conversations like this where I'm like, oh, man, I feel like I'm well, just getting square started. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for me, it was the same way. It was an interesting episode to talk through these things with her, and you can't help but start to think through all the each point, point by point in your own life and, and the things that have happened to you and the pain that you felt and how you dealt with it. So it was half therapy session and half podcast episode. Yes. Listen, Tribe, Charity is really awesome. We'd love for you to follow up and learn more about her and what she does in her awesome organization, blessingranch.org. We also have a practical download for you. We have a little workbook we put together that is helping you navigate and sort of follow through with what she said. We, we don't want you just to hear what she said. We, we want you to do something with it. And so you can find out more about the books that she talked about, about some of the quotes that she shared, and download this free workbook. It's totally free. Uh, put your name, your email in there, and we'll send that right over to your inbox. You can find that at leadbuildlive.com slash 005. Leadbuildlive.com slash 005. Download the guide, learn more about charity, and take a next step. Last thing I want to say, we have a great Facebook group that's forming, leadbuildlive.com slash community. You can go there and learn about our Facebook group. You can sign up for that. And it would really help us if this podcast is helpful to you. You're enjoying it. It's, it's helping you in life. We'd love it if you'd subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends that are leaders about this. We want to help them and be a blessing to them as well. And if you really like it, we'd really love it if you'd leave us a review. That's all for now. We'll see you next time on the Lead, Build, Live Leadership Podcast. Cheers. Um, okay, we have one more question for you. This is sort of the bonus question. Okay. And this is probably more important than anything we've previously talked about here. Absolutely. It's going to be deep. Big build up. Very deep. In a zombie apocalypse... Mm-hmm. zombies everywhere. You have very few resources. You're thrust in the middle of the woods. You meet some people that you don't know and they say, you're our leader. What do we do? How do you lead in the zombie apocalypse? Now, is this, is this the question you ask all of your interviewees at the end? You know, we can't tell our sources that we have, we have trade secrets, very, very, wow. very, some trade secrets here. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Just pretend you're the only oh. one that's ever been asked this question. How do you lead through this the zombie like, apocalypse? It's like the Rorschach here or something. Yes. You know? yes. How you answer this question determines your entire perception of me. Totally. Gosh. <laughs>
that's some pressure. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So how do you lead the group you don't know through the zombie apocalypse? I guess I would say the first thing you need to do is figure out what everybody's strengths are. Mm. And then you figure out how you bring all those things together to beat the zombies. Now, what I don't know is what how you beat zombies. I have no idea. Like so, with a stick you know. or with yeah. A knife I mean, or like, do they like DSM five? Yeah. What kind of beating is going to happen? I'm not sure. So I would need some help with that. But uh, there's your first line of defense. Would you? Would you look at the zombies and see their own brokenness as they try to kill you? Yeah. <laughs> Would yeah, you, no, would I would you be in fight mode. seek to understand? <laughs> I would be in fight mode. So, so is the pain of a zombie bite teaching you a false lesson? Is it a false teacher? Or is it a, like a, a really real teacher? It, it's like a really real teacher. It's like, yeah. seriously, get your butt in gear or you're going to die. Like, yeah. that's a real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Oh, charity. Oh, that's Good. amazing. 